They're taking cherubin pots strewn strategically along the daily. Charter boys are tying paternosters in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys. There's an air of anxious optimism at harbourside boat ramps as launch time looms. And in the front bar of the top. Tales from the Tinny regrets to advise that the Tinny will no longer be broadcast from the pub, nor the cafe, restaurant, museum, social or sports gathering, art and craft fair, or any place where their general lack of personal hygiene may be deemed a public health risk to others. By decree of the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, they are now officially quarantined and banished to work from home. What a week, hey, Andy? Now we can't bloody well fish anywhere. What? I can't hear you, mate. It's only supposed to be a metre and a half. I can't hear you. Yeah, yeah, but we were too cosy on the couch last week. I reckon we should be leading by example. What? Righto, hang on, hang on. This might help a bit. How's this? Better? It's pretty annoying. <laughs> oh, well, that's not my problem. You're on the right side of that megaphone. Yeah, I am. I'm just looking for my Red Warden's helmet. Do you feel weak? I'm getting ready to do the fire drill. I feel very powerful. I feel non-powerful, which is actually called weak. Let's do the whole show like this. I think it's decided. So just remember five words. Stay home if you can. Unless you've got to work or shop or exercise, stay home if you can. Instead of rolling the dice, choose the safest bet. Stay home if you can. Yep, 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 uh-huh, uh-huh, mm-hmm. We, we got it, we, we got it. We, we're, at, we're at home because we can. And, and you, you might note, we're a long way from each other, are Give it a rest, give it a rest, we? mate. Yep. Give, it, give it a rest. It's overkill. It's not funny anymore. It, yes, it is. It's hilarious. I, I'm on a megaphone. I'm on a mega... Have you ever tried oh, one of these things? Unbelievable. Okay, man. I guess it's not that funny. Sorry. It, it won't happen again. And, yep, we're on the tinny again from home this week. You just had to leave last week, though, and decompress after the show, Andy, straight out fishing. I did. I cancelled clients. I turned devices off. I said, nope, this is it. I'm gone. Oh, so good. <laughs> Everywhere. They've been buffing for 45 minutes. On the random self-isolation day, 10 minutes from Darwin City. Ain't no corona out here, baby. Just barra buffing. It helped, didn't it, man? It did help. Massively. Just hearing those buffs. Massively. And we've got the whole team on deck this week. Lisa the Brave, Packy Andy, the Beard. Yeah, I've no idea sort of what use he's going to be in isolation. Like, seriously. It's a point. Is he just sort of pinned to our coattails, our hard-working coattails? What can he actually do from there? How's he actually even going to talk to people? You know how. Isn't that in our job description? You asked for it, Andy. Oh. I mean, you, you really begged for that one. Tim. G'day, Jimmy. I can't get any closer, sorry. Can you just tell me, was it on a rising tide or a, a dropping tide? You really need to stop that, even though I'm laughing. <laughs> you love it. I'm laughing love out it. of annoyance. <laughs> so what... <laughs> I'm gonna, I am in such a powerful position here this week. Uh, so, <laughs> so what a week for shows where the Roper... 
the daily, the south, the east, all closed. Unless, of course, you live in Kakadu. Yeah, and what a debacle that was. I mean, as we went to air last week, there were roadblocks being set up at the Bark Hut, turning everyone around on their way down to Shady. So some pretty understandable frustrations. Yeah. I mean, you know, you fuel up, you dedicate the time and you do all that. You waste all that energy only to be term- turned around. So, And look, we know that Shady isn't even in Kakadu. It, it does suck, but... It was just another example, I guess, of poor communication and, you know, now we've sort of just got to cop it sweet for the greater good, as we keep saying. We do. And across the church, like everywhere, there are really two clear schools of thought um, around fishing. Stuff you is one of them. If people can gather at Bunnings and Woolies, I can go out by myself or with a mate to fish to provide for my own meat. But the other school of thought is we should be shutting this puppy down. Like this ever so eloquent bloke put it this week. And a word of warning, this is an adult show, uh, occasionally hosted by juveniles. Uh, there are some adult themes and lyrics. Uh, other than the... Uh, despite the, the fact that... Um, there are quite juvenile themes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and pure themes. And pure. The world has caught a virus, so I've written you a poem. We need your help to cure it, so stay the f*** at home. And if you have got 12 kids or you're living on your own, lock it down and isolate and stay the f*** at home. If you think you're not at risk here, you're living in a dome. It spreads faster than a plague, so stay the f*** at home. I need the gym, I need the beach, I hear you bitch and moan. You need to grow a brain cell and stay the f*** at home. But I feel fine, I don't feel sick. I'll go out on my own. How thick are you, you selfish prick? Please just stay the f*** at home. From L.A. through to Berlin, from Wuhan through to Rome. There's people dying every day, so stay the f*** at home. If you need to contact family, use Facebook, Skype, or phone. We've got the f- internet, so stay the f*** at home. The only way to slow it down is isolate, not roam. Please help the world get back on track and stay the f*** at home. Stay the f*** at home, stay the f*** at home. Don't you be a f***ing dick, please stay the f*** at home. Recorded by Bobby Kelly, lyrics by Chris Franklin. So we get it, fishers. We get the frustration. While some of you are going to fish anyway, um, try to do the right thing. And we also accept that that's going to piss a lot of people off, the fact that fishers are doing that. Yeah, and we also hear down in places like Dundee. I mean, they got mm. absolute, absolutely inundated with fishers because they didn't want to or couldn't go to various other spots or they didn't want to go to the Adelaide. They didn't want to fish the harbour. So... The locals down there begging the fish shows just to stay the hell away. Fair enough. I mean, I can understand that perspective, Tim. Yeah. Well, we're coming up to Easter, so it, it's going to be busy again. Yeah, and we also hear those complaining about the blue water fish shows, you know, going out there and filling up their freezers, basically, because the meat fridges are empty at the supermarket. And I've got to say, when I had that little um, that self-escape recently, uh-huh. I kept three queenies. They were, they were decent size, but normally I would have chucked them back. Uh-huh. But I, I was keeping things that I wouldn't normally keep. Hmm. There is that survival mentality, that, that, that true hunter-gatherer. I think this week, Andy, for us as a church, uh, the tinny must go on. It's more important than ever to kind of support each other now, fishos, and keep living to whatever extent possible within those guidelines. Uh, and also as normally and as responsibly as we can, we'll, we'll brief you as simply as we can on what the rules and guidelines actually are with AFAN in, in just, a, just a moment. This is sort of a call to arms for the church because the tinny is not you and I, Tim. The tinny is the church. So we need people to keep messaging us, keep Facebooking us, yeah. keep sending us your content, keep sending us your thoughts and tell us 
Tell us how you're adapting. Well, how, I mean, how you're adapting. Yeah. I think that I think we need to document with the church how the brave, loyal, innovative, and endlessly hilarious congregation are navigating these waters, adapting and overcoming. Is is that not what it's about? That's exactly what it's about. And may the examples set by the church be taken and carried on across by the, the others across the nation, not just across the nation, Tim, but across the globe you, you and across it. the universe. You say it, brother. Praise, you, praise, you say praise, it. praise. Be the mullet. Hallelujah! Twelve lines hook up. If you're lucky to land three fish out of that, you're doing pretty well. They just can't hang on to them. Running you straight into the reef, putting you onto the bottoms, tangling up with each other. They snap each other off. One person thinks they're on, but they're not, and then they are, and then they're not. Tales from the tinny. Get a mullet up here. So first up, Andy Brandt-Smith is the Assistant Secretary of Kakadu for Parks Australia to clarify once and for all what the go is with access across the Kakadu rivers and billabongs. So at the moment, we're obviously part of the um, designated area of West Arnhem. So we, uh, Kakadu National Park uh, is effectively closed to outside fishermen to come into the park to fish. So um, obviously within the park, I'm asking people to use their judgment, trying to manage their social distancing and hygiene measures as best they can. There's no prohibition on fishing within the park, um, but certainly we are encouraging everyone um, outside the park, to stay outside the park as per the regulations um, and go where the Northern Territory fishermen, uh, fisheries um, allow you to. Okay, so to clarify what that means in practice, the south, the east, yellow waters um, and all the billabongs in and around there are not accessible to fishos from Darwin or, or Palmerston or Catherine or outside of Kakadu? That's correct. So we're, we're trying to maintain our borders, obviously for health reasons. Um, we're trying to protect our vulnerable communities um, within the park. So um, by doing so, we're not we're only allowing essential services um, into the park. That's people that are critical, uh, emergency services and the like. Uh, but everybody else, we're just asking to stay out for the time being and try to use other locations to have a fish. Are there still roadblocks in place to enforce that then? That's right. So the Northern Territory Police are enforcing roadblocks at the entry points to the park uh, and park staff and rangers are undertaking patrols and have got areas where we are also setting up stations as well just so that we can make sure that people understand what they should and shouldn't do uh, and by and large people are obeying that which is great um, and just follow the advice of the authorities when you get to those points about what you can do. Part of the challenges you'd no doubt be aware was that the roadblock over the weekend was stopping people accessing Shady Camp which isn't in Kakadu. Has that now been resolved? Yeah so the Shady Camp's obviously something we're working closely with the Northern Territory Government on they um, have opened up Shady Camp for fishing under strict conditions. We're making sure that the police there and the authorities make it very clear that those that are going to Shady Camp can fish there under those conditions. Uh, then they leave and go straight back to where they've come from and to not go on through to Kakadu National Park. Now, obviously, some people will be determined to do things illegally. Uh, we encourage people to please obey the law, but if they do do things illegally and they enter the park, then they'll be prosecuted as they are breaking the law. So it is, it is legally binding, this enforcement? Absolutely. So this is under the Biosecurity Act. This is important stuff for people to realise. It's not just uh, us um, putting up a, a couple of signs. This is enforceable under law, uh, and the police will prosecute you if you disobey their instructions, and I can't be clearer than that. Because the roadblock itself was at Bark Hut, either side of which are parts of the Mary River, which are in Kakadu and therefore uh, not accessible, prohibited to fish in, 
uh, yet you've got to pass through that bark hut location and peel left, obviously, out to Shady, which is then outside of the park. So basically, you can still get there at, at, as of this point. Um, follow police direction if you're heading to Shady and also follow that broader advice um, that we're consistently hearing that try to limit non-essential uh, travel. And if you're going to go fishing, only do it with either members of the household or members of the family. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and we're talking with our Northern Territory Police colleagues every day, and, and this is a pretty dynamic situation. So we're talking about the locations of our roadblocks and uh, and where and how we can manage that. So if, if things need to be changed to make things clearer, then we'll do that based on our best advice. But, yeah, stick stick to the rules, stick to the uh, the areas that you can fish and, and, uh, and have a good time there. But uh, please don't come into the park because we're trying to protect all of our communities. Thanks for your time, mate. Good on you. Thanks. Brant Smith, who's the Assistant Secretary of Kakadu for Parks Australia. So I hope that makes it a bit clearer. Well, in fact, it's at, at this point, it's crystal clear in Kakadu, isn't it, Andy? He did mention that it isn't short-term either, Fishos. Expect these restrictions to be uh, in place for a long, long time to come, and they are absolutely subject to change. So as soon as we know and as soon as AFANT know, um, we'll bring that to you via ABC Tales from the Tinny on Facebook. And on our fans, uh, Warren DeWitt is the Ayatollah of the DKVR. He's the El Presidente. He's also uh, with Rod and Rifle Tackle World in Catherine. David Chirovolo is the CEO of AFAN, a special occasion where the, the two pinch hitters are in the house together. How are you, chaps? Afternoon, boys. G'day, guys. David, it's a, it's a confusing time. It's an ever-moving feast. Uh, there was some poor communication on Shady last week, which seems to be resolved now. Can you just detail for us where we can't go at this stage? Right, yes. Well, people can still go fishing, but as we know, it's not fishing as usual. So there are a number of areas that are closed, uh, including uh, a large number of the national parks. I would actually advise people to check on the parks website with relate in relation to that. But we've got uh, some significant biosecurity designated areas. And essentially, that means if you don't live in these areas, the Tiwi Islands, uh, West Arnhem, East Arnhem, including all of Kakadu, uh, the West Daly, including the mouth of the Daly, the Victoria Daly, which is all the rest of the Daly, and the Roper Gulf, which includes the Roper, MacArthur and Lyman Rivers, uh, are all areas that are uh, inaccessible to fishers at this time. Dick Perry from the Daily raised some concerns about where the roadblock is, completely shutting off the Daily. Yeah, the roadblock they moved to the Information Bay on the uh, on the eastern side of Wooliana Road, which effectively closes off the whole of the Daily. Mainly concerning the uh, the closure of the access to the Nau Aboriginal community, uh, which is situated basically three kilometres off the uh, uh, the Daily River Road. And myself, I can't see why they couldn't have just put the roadblock to stop anybody coming in and out of the community rather than sort of where they did. Even if it's only for six months, uh, it'll be near on the wet season and most of the grey nomads will uh, all have disappeared by then. So uh, basically we're closed until this time next year. So what's the thinking there? Well, we've been getting updates uh, from, from the government this week and um, what's been made clear to us is these biosecurity designated areas, which is a, a federal government uh, rule, actually applies to the whole uh, council areas that have been declared. So it, it doesn't really matter uh, where the roadblock uh, is. People cannot ac access those designated areas, which is the whole council areas at this time, regardless of whether they're driving in or coming in via boat. And in terms of that last part, coming in by boat, what, what, what are the zones there around communities? How far out does this biosecurity zone extend? Does that mean you so can't come in at the mouth of the daily by boat? <laughs> 
Yeah, you can't go into the mouth of the Daly. Uh, the, the south, the, the east, the, the Roper, the Tiwi Island Creeks, the biosecurity zones encompass the entire council areas. So that means it's not just about what ramps people can get to, but these areas are off limits for people who don't live and reside in those areas. And if people do enter them, they need to have a lawful exemption before they travel there. Mm. Uh, and they would be forced to quarantine for 14 days upon arrival anyhow. Full on. So, Warren, this is obviously completely unprecedented. What does AFANT make of calls from some areas to extend these quarantines and sort of council area shutdowns? Because locals down at Dundee are getting pretty pissed off at the moment with all the fishos flooding in because everywhere else is closed. For Catherine, for an example, we haven't got any access to any boat ramps at all. So we can't go to the Daly, we can't go to the Vic, we can't go up into Kakadu, and obviously we can't go down to the Roper. So, you know, we're sort of basically locked in to Catherine. So I'd ask everybody to be a bit patient, um, even though there is a little bit of crowding maybe. I mean, we're coming up to Easter. Um, Easter's normally a very busy period at Dundee, and everybody needs to understand that there are extra rules in place now in regards to social distancing and also who you're going fishing with, and it will be enforced. So please, everybody needs to do their part to make sure that we're not causing any problems with this biosecurity and also obviously with the spreading of the coronavirus so everybody has to be patient everybody has to do their part to make sure it all comes together so has afant been approached about it or has it been considered by afant david the prospect of limiting further areas to fishing and perhaps just saying guys uh, if you have to fish it's harbour only Look, at this stage, I think we have to be aware that things could change uh, at any time. And one of the things that's been really clear, it's come out of parks this week, that if people uh, can't follow the rules, uh, and, and the other thing we need to say is that, you know, we've got federal police and the army being brought in to assist our police. That, that gives you an idea of how much work they've got on at the moment. If we end up in a situation where people are crowding, if boat ramp car parks are full and people are continuing uh, to, uh, to pile in there, then we're going to have um, a diversion of police resources into crowd control. And we would expect if that happens, uh, fishing could be banned or, or further restricted. So we'd really encourage people to think twice about going to places they think are going to be crowded. If you get there and, and uh, you, it is busy, you have to be honest with yourself. Um, you may have to turn around. The less activities are, are going on outside of, of those areas or, or you being quarantined yourself or, or keeping yourself safe at home is probably the best practice at the moment. So, so if you don't need to go fishing or, you know, that you haven't got a family friend or you're not going just for the sake of getting out on the water, I would think very seriously about not doing it at the moment. But we all know the Church of the Tinney. They're going to say, I need to go fishing either A, for mental health, or regardless, or B, um, to catch my tucker. You go to any of the supermarkets, the, the shelves are bare of meat, people want to go and provide for themselves. Is that a good enough reason? Do we change the advice about catch and release and say if you're going to go fishing, it better be for kill and grill only? Well, exactly. I think at the moment, I think most people are using that reason for going out fishing. It's not for the idea of just catch and release. The idea of people, if they are going on the water, is that they are, they do want to catch a feed and they're going out there for that sole purpose. I certainly don't uh, recommend people go out there just for the the sake of catching and releasing and just going out on the water for relaxation, so to speak, because otherwise we are going to find ourselves in the same position as Victoria and other states where the government has got no other choice but to ban it because we're 
putting too much pressure on police resources and so forth in controlling the number of people that are out on the water. So if you don't have to go, just wait until this settles down a bit further yet before you go out there because the fish are still going to be there. It's not as if we're going to not have any fish left in the river systems or in the ocean. So just think very carefully about it. Apologies for my dog. <laughs> boy, get out of it. Down, boy, come on. <laughs> boy, get out of it. Gone. Gone. Knew that would come in handy. Andy? That's one word for it. Andy, hey, Andy. Uh, annoying. Hey, Tim. Anyway, sorry, chaps. Back to it. So, I mean, the fishing after this is going to be phenomenal. Yeah, definitely. I think that <laughs> is going to be a, a, one of the silver linings for all this. Is <laughs> totally. That the runoff and everything, um, even though it's been a rather slow wet season this year, what fish have come into the systems are obviously are going to be able to uh, grow and multiply and, and obviously help replenish the stocks that are in those river systems and oceans at the moment. So, in a way, it, it's a good thing. It just releases the pressure a little bit off the fish stocks, but... The most important thing is people need to understand how serious this problem is and that how we all must play our part in managing our own activities because there's no one else to blame but yourself if it goes AWOL. So you need to think about what you're personally doing yourself, whether it's going to have an effect on your family. If you go out fishing with somebody, you come back to your family with the virus, then you only got yourself to blame. So please think carefully before you do anything on the water. So, David, how do we make this as simple as possible for fishers just finally? Look, it's really clear. If you're going fishing, you need to do the right thing and protect all Territorians by following the rules. So you're fishing alone, fishing with a family member or a housemate, maintaining 1.5 metres of social distancing. Don't congregate with other land-based fishers. Don't get in a boat with people who you don't live with. And don't wet a line if you're sick or if you're under quarantine. And, of course, be checking that coronavirus.nt.gov.au for updates. And we can all look forward to a sea of gold uh, and or of a river of silver as the, uh, as the silver lining to the very dark cloud atop the Church Can't of the Tinny. <laughs> See you, boys. See you, mate. See you, Tim. And you can give us a hoy anytime. It's the TFT social distance phone. It's available for curbside pickup for interview and coro reporting purposes right now. For sake, Tim. All right. Give it a rest. Easy, Tiger. Easy, Tiger. Not getting any easier for you, is it? No, it's not. It's a good point, though, during these times. The Tinny Field recording app is perfect for shows. Just send us a message at uh, ABC Tales and the Tinny on Bookface and we can send you the instructions. It's free to download and you can just file in a report from wherever you are and whatever you're doing. We know we're not fishing as much, but there's so much fun and stupid stuff going on at home that we want to hear about. Uh, keep, uh, keep in contact with the broad congregation of the church via the app. Send us a message and we'll, we'll flick you the link. Uh, MDF, by the way, uh, officially closed, Andy. The, well, the season's over. Yeah, but those meteries are still they're, alive, aren't they? Look, they're but still then... out there, but, you know, no one's really encouraging you to go try hunting them. So there will be six fish worth a million dollars swimming around. They'll stay live mm. uh, unless one's caught and until the new season kicks off in October, November, uh, later in the year. And, of course, some of those fish could well be in areas that can't be fished now. So I reckon yeah. those six they're meters... They're fairly safe. They're having a little meeting going, hey, fellas, did you hear? Did, did you hear? We're on. Did you hear? I reckon we're a bit safer.
Recreational boating, you might have heard, is now out in the Sunshine Coast, so it's completely prohibited under the federal government's restrictions to contain the spread of COVID-19. Same at Victoria now, isn't it? Victoria, that's right, same thing. Uh, New South Wales, interestingly, yesterday flip-flopped a bit. First it was banned, and then there was some legal advice a few hours later that came back in and said, no, it's a form of passive exercise, which I personally absolutely subscribe to. Beryl would agree. So that's open. Um, So I guess, Tim, it just shows that, you know, there is the potential everywhere for it to be banned, and we've got to do the right yeah. thing. Yeah, as David and Warren were saying earlier, do the right thing, or that might happen here, which we desperately want to avoid. That's right. So I was down at the Diner Beach boat ramp over the weekend, which is still open. I've got to say, when I drove drove down there, I thought, wow, like... Flat knacker, wasn't Absolutely it? chock-a-block. But, I mean, there's sort of an element of social distancing anyway when two boats at once launch on a boat ramp. I mean, you don't... I would say that that naturally self-distances because another two don't come until those trailers are gone. And oh well, is it, you, you've got you respect one's personal space. You do. We did that long before Corona, so we don't I get go, ramp rage. Mate, this... if, if I got in a normal day at Diner Beach, if I got anywhere near one and a half meters to you, yeah, you'd you'd be throwing punches. Yeah. You're right. You're right. What, you're what's right, the problem, You're right. What's going on? Back right. off, mate. We, we've been doing five meters for a long time. It's your problem. <laughs> I was curious though, Tim, just to find out why so many people were down there and what, what they were thinking. Oh, just to get out, you know, and get out in there. Sick of being a bit of fish, inside, yeah, a bit yeah. of cabin fever, I guess. Yeah, we were surprised to see um, a lot. that many boats here this morning, yeah. Just thought, oh, we'll go in and have a bit of a fish. I don't think it's the right time for fishing at the moment, though, is it? <laughs> it's always the right time. <laughs> <laughs> to catch anything big. We didn't care whether we caught anything nah, or not. No, we, we were just happy to be out. out. It's such yeah. a beautiful day. Yeah. Did you get any fish? I uh, got a couple, but nothing worth keeping, I'm afraid. Not big enough. <laughs> Besides the fact we forgot the esky. <laughs> Lucky you didn't catch any fish. <laughs> we had fun. Clearly in a panic. Forgot the esky. That's what the fog does to you, the, the COVID fog that descends upon your psyche. Too much incoming, too much data, too much analysis, too much thinking. You forget the esky. And that's an unacceptable result. Now, the more serious hoys for the week, um, you thought uh, the shady camp advice fishos was misleading. Megs, uh, the bush chook, one of her hubby's mates rang during the week, uh, all in a tiz, saying one of the major Northern Territory tackle shops, one of the major retailers who you'd all know, was closing down. COVID shutdown. 50% off everything. Everything half price. Get it out of the store. I'm shutting the doors. I'm out. So Megs and friends and family, even dog, gets thrown into the car, million miles an hour, belt down there. It was the sex shop next door. (laughs) That was misleading. It wasn't all bad, though. I'm I'm led to believe they they still got heaps of bargains and filled the boot up. So the Bushchook family has plenty to experiment with in isolation over the next few months. Adapt and overcome what they did there. The adaptation continues at Tackle World in Koolalinga. Rather than walking in the store and serving yourself and bringing to the front counter, from now on everything will be done from the front door. We'll come outside, give me a video call. I can walk you through the shop, collect your items that way. We'll then bring them to the front door. Obviously you'll pay your card through the Perspex and then we'll hand you your items through the door. Simple, easy, it's safe.
Well, they serve you from their customised front door, video call you while they pick up your lure or braid or whatever it is that you're going to buy, and then they pass it through the hatch, and you swipe your card to pay through the Perspex. Mm. So they've got some older staff members, um, so to be fair, they really do want to protect everyone. Andy Ralph, uh, he's given us a hoy. The world is changing. As you know, we're pretty much in total lockdown. Nobody in, nobody out. Not even the range of mine FIFO. So they're going to run it with what local staff they have actually living in Jabiru. That's mm. interesting. Fortunately, though, locals are free to move about the park. Wow, that's that bit is hit up the bum by a rainbow, isn't it? <laughs> You yeah. get to roam around Kakadoos fishing in the runoff with no one else. Whilst being socially responsible and only fishing, you know, keeping your distance one and a half metres away and only fishing with members of your direct household and or family. <laughs> Written authorised by Tussin Tini. Yeah, we My, need someone to voice that, don't we? Yeah, we do. My mob are uh, cleaning up around the outstation now, but he's going to try and drive into Sandy Billabong the Savo and give it a crack. Why the hell not? You can give us a hoy via Facebook, uh, ABC Tales from the Tinny. Or send us an email, fishing at abc.net.au. Shoot it, share it, shout it. Give us a hoy. So Beard's self-isolating right now, back in Darwin. He had to do his next two-week block because he, um, he flew back in a little while back. But diligent in his pursuit of yakking to fishers, he's continuing on, he's pressing on, not without some struggle, Yeah, g'day boys. Look, I've realised this thing about you know trying to do interviews from home. You can do them over the internet, you do them over calls, but those face-to-face ones you really miss out on. So I'm trialling a new method this week where I get the fishers to come to me and we do it over our, our front fence at a safe distance, of course. So we'll see how it goes. And one man that I think we can fairly reliably know will have been fishing, has agreed to come and, and meet me and, and, and yak over the front fence at a safe distance, it's still kind of yelling distance, isn't it, Hubble? Yep. How you going, Beard? And yep. Tinny listeners. So I'm taking it you would have been chasing some barrow or some pelagics around the joint, eh? Um, no, actually, my last fishing expedition was down in good old Streaky Bay in South Australia, yeah. and uh, we bagged about 15 nice, good-sized kg whiting and a squid. You've been fishing for whiting? Yep. And squid? And squid, and we got some blue swimmer crabs thrown into the mix too. Very tasty. Wow, that's um, <clears throat> that's not the report I was looking for, Hubble. Uh, sorry, mate. So, uh, what sizes, Stan? Um, mid thirties. Is uh, that good? Yeah, they were stonkers. They're very tasty. Doesn't sound good. I think thirties the legal, so you know they were quite fat, thirty-five centimeter King George whiting. Uh huh. And uh, and and the squid? Uh, it was probably about similar size. We Is only it- got one though. One. That doesn't sound very good either. Nah, not so many squid. You have to speak up, Hubble, because I, I can't actually hear you. You're a little yep, bit too far okay. away. Okay, how's that? Yeah, that's good. That's Is that good. better? Yeah, the neighbours are going to love this interview. All uh, right, neighbours, he's a bit deaf. He's got headphones on. Great. You did send me a, a picture earlier. It was with some uh, crackers with a substance on it. What was that about? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, recently, uh, the fly rotters, Tony O'Malley, had been asking myself and a few of the boys for some magpie goose livers to make up some magpie goose liver pate. We went a bit hard and he ended up making about 14 kilos of it which is which is really good to get us through these tough times when pate might become a little scarce on the on woolly shelves at the moment. Isn't that just the quintessential fly rotters prepping 14 kilos of pate? Yep that might get us through these tough dark times I reckon. How does it go? 
very, very nice. Yeah. Do you think it's a fair assumption to say that when in isolation, having too much pate is perhaps a dangerous proposition? Well, I might run out of um, cracked pepper jats, which could be an even bigger crisis. Yeah, Hubble, I think... I think we're still a little bit too far a distance for this to work, mate. Um, I think I'm going to have to rethink this whole setup, hey. So, uh, is that all you need me for, Beard? Yeah, between the pate and the whiting, I think we're done here, hey. All right, stay safe, everyone. Yeah, thanks, mate. Catch ya. Out. Afterthoughts about that interview, um, notwithstanding the actual uh, content, I think I have to rethink the setup, uh, shouting at each other from a distance. Yeah. Over. Oh, oh, and by the way, if one of you blokes could drop around um, a six-pack uh, and some chips uh, this other, that'd be really great. Thanks. Well, that was crap. Yeah, you might have to try a bit harder, Beard. <laughs> like, perhaps finding someone with something else to talk about mm. rather than whiting pate and crackers. Jeez, mm. those fly rotters, they do apocalyptic preparation pretty tough, don't they? Oh, they do it real tough. And secondly, perhaps we could try without shouting to the neighbourhood about whiting pate and crackers because otherwise COVID-19 is going to be the death of our reputation across the top end suburbs, Andy. Hey mate, tell me more about your patty. <laughs> How big was the whiting? <laughs> oh, it's just not the same, is it? Uh, six pack and some chips he's ordered, Andy. Can you drop them over to him? Yeah, yeah, we'll do. He's, he's trying You're his best, man. isn't he? Yeah. Hey? He's trying hard. Yeah. He's trying. You know how he actually did that though, Andy? He had a wheelie bin, mobile. But to ensure separation, he just gaffer taped his microphones on top of the red bin. Oh, yeah. Um, which was complete with maggots inside to ensure Hubble didn't try to get too close. Oh, that's just so a, yeah, that's it's, good. It stank. It yep. had maggots all around it. It was out way out at the fence with two big mics stuck to it. Yeah. So Hubble could just hover off the maggot-ridden bin and keep his distance. Sounds, sounds, sounds like it's an so, improvisation. It does. An he adapted. He and, overcame. And, and, and he overcame. Kind, kind of overcame. And look, on a serious note, um, we can be 100% sure that none of Beard's containment regulations were broken. That, for those that don't know, that's called a shotgun mic, and that thing would pick a Hubble up from 25 metres away, mm, or no, take a Hubble out from 25 metres. Mm, and the, the maggots do a terrific job of ensuring there's a, an adequate, safe and hygienic buffer. Oh, God, are you serious? Look what I found. Please, stop. No way, this is fun. Tales from the Tinny. Praise be the mullet. I wonder what this button does. Oh! Woohoo! Do it again, do it again. Yo, Aaron, is that you? Yeah, how you doing, mate? You happy to go now? Alright, yeah, go for it. Give it a go. Alright, fire yep. away. Alright, I'm Aaron from Acacia Hills. Um, well, we're sitting around on uh, Saturday morning, a couple of beers, and came up with the idea to um, launch the boat into the pool. It hasn't uh, seen the, the water for a while. Is this because you have made a call about uh, deciding not to fish during these uh, times of uh, isolation and quarantine? Yeah, chosen not to go out as much, yeah, stay at home and have a bit of fun here. It was a bit of a mission. Um, I came up with the idea to uh, use the tractor to move the trailer around into the yard um, and backed it up into the 
pool area on an angle and yeah put a couple of extra ropes on just in case um, and yeah ended up going in pretty well I think the boats are 4.5 I'm pretty sure and the pool's probably seven eight meters long um, maybe two two and a half meters wide um, so yeah it's a it's a bit of a squeeze it probably takes up half the pool but enough to flick a lure anyway we uh, started the motor up a couple of times as well and gave it a bit of a flush through so worked out all right what do you got a 30 horse um, on the back uh, it's a 40 Suzuki four-stroke no no fish but it's all about getting out there and having a go you know keep the skills sharp yeah that's right how are the mozzies out there Oh, they were terrible for a little while there. Forgot to take the spray out with me, but... What tide window were you hitting? Pretty high when we went out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it stayed that way. No change, just... Uh, just pretty slack the whole time? Yeah. No, I've got one or two birds nests, I will admit. You know, we've got to do what we've got to do to keep everyone safe, so... Um, I'm sure we'll be right. Might keep the boat in the pool for a bit longer and have a bit of fun with that, but definitely wasn't going to catch anything out there. Virus or fish. Good time to work on the trailer anyway. Holy mullet. <laughs> what an innovator. I mean, just to run the stats there, half the pool taken up with the boat, mm. needed the tractor to get it in, mm. and Beard trying everything to connect to the church here. He's tried the wheelie bin. Mm-hmm. The stage play over the fence. Over the fence, and now he's running some millennial-based Tinder or Instagram or bookface swiping app for the fishos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was definitely recording someone over an Intima Google system there. He's ge- you keep on it, Beard. You keep on it, man. And it's not just the Australian fishos who are feeling the hurt either, Tim. Glenn Michael sent us a video of a French bloke on his balcony in snorkel and flippers casting to his bulldog. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think it was a plastic drink bottle. I thought something. it was a chicken. He threw out to the bulldog. Oh, I thought it was a bottle, and he just sort of battles the dog, and he's mm. pumping and whining from the back of the back porch. Yeah, sent into us by Miranda. These are all those who have come in this week, adapting and overcoming and innovating in the Church of the Tinny. Her young fella, Flynn's a pretty keen fish and like the rest of us, social distancing and no fishing is clearly frustrating Flynn. Uh, he used his imagination, which was the winner in all this, and, and, and we'll probably get him through eventually. A barrel is a very huge... Mum actually remarked she she found it comforting to see young Flynn embracing the new culture of survivalism and self isolation. <laughs> Ready for the zombies, Flynn. Well, fish shows, they are getting uh, inventive whilst they're stuck at home. And the bush chick, that's, of course, the daughter of the bush, Chook. Oh, this was good. Yeah, this was absolutely awesome. I laughed when I saw this on Facebook. She wasn't going to let the closure of the daily mean she couldn't actually experience the daily mm. from mm. the safety this time of her living room. Mm. Using, of course, uh, an industrial fan for wind and the old GoPro footage of the daily that she'd acquired. <laughs> Welcome to uh, Fishing the Daily River from Home 101. Firstly, you're going to need some footage of the Daily River. 
You're gonna need some sun protective gear because it's a bit bright. And then you're gonna need to take a seat on a couch and buckle up because we're about to catch some shit, fellas. Fishing the daily under quarantine isolation laws. Recorded anything? Bagged out. Check the fucking freezer over there. Didn't have to walk far. Just like the real thing, except without the midges, uh, of course, without the barrel, without the crocs. But well, other than that, it's exactly like the real thing. Well done for innovating. Other than being in your living room, it's exactly the same. Red, fast and free. Presenting the Tales from the Tinny Fish Measuring Sticker. Some say it's been scented with a barramundi pheromone. Some say it's scientifically proven in the effective removal of leg hair. Some say that these stats might be slightly exaggerated. Much like your fishing yards without a Tales from the Tinny Fish Measuring Sticker. Email fishing at abc.net.au or message the Tinny on Facebook to get yours. Greetings. Reverends of the tinny, high priests of the mullet, guardians of all things slippery, fishy and frothy. Emmett here from Rapid Creek. Your weekly sermons are the only thing keeping my spirit afloat in these times of chaos and toilet paper madness. Pleased to hear it, Emmett. I salute you for not abandoning the tinny and your congregation in these difficult times. Well, the, 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 the leader of the church never abandons his flock. No, and, that, and, and when the church provides that sort of feedback, that's uh, it's beautiful. It's uplifting. I'm currently waiting in eager anticipation for my first boat to arrive from interstate. If you can call it a boat, or possibly make an exception for this dutiful church member. Will the boat have to quarantine? Just a it's, technical question, it's, it's, Tim. Does the boat self-quarantine if it's coming well, from this interstate? Well, this has to, because it's not technically a boat. It's a Hobie Tandem Island sailing kayak, in which case you really shouldn't be allowed into the territory. Emmett... Out, boy. It's okay. Get out of it, boy. Don't eat the mailman. We've told you that before. I'm planning to sail Darwin Harbour and Lee Point in the dry season to hunt some blue water monsters targeting tuna, mackies, snapper, emperor, jewies, and uh, who knows, maybe even the odd confused barra. I request that the church provide me with a good omen in the form of a scientifically proven red sticker to grace the side of the yak and christen it as a bona fide vessel of the church. I feel like this um, request might have been set up by you and or Beard. No, it's not me, but can I just say Emmett Blackwell? No, you can't, because, no. No, can I just say to Emmett, when it, when it arrives, definitely reach out, <laughs> give me a hoy, I'll come and meet you. Mate, welcome to the it's club. so excited. Welcome to the club. Oh, welcome to our little gang of weirdos. I, I'm excited. I trust the sticker will protect me from the crocs and guarantee a healthy flow of fillets. It Please will. help me out in these TV. Look, Andy's going to help you out. I'm not on yet. Good luck. Good on you, Emmett. Um, lovely to hear from you. I reckon we. But pa- your Andy's got your back. I got your back. I reckon we paint, we we cover the kayak with stickers and make it a go fast kayak. Yeah, that is actually not a bad idea. That's a bloody good. Get idea. a big old slippery mullet up, you reckons, Emmett. You can get a fishing sticker up you too by fishing at abc.net.au. G'day, boys. Uh, beard again. Look, I think it's fair to say. I think you'd agree that uh, the Hubble shouting. Uh, from a distance method of interviewing didn't really work out that well. Uh, so I'm going to try something else here. And I just thought, look, why don't I just, I think the safest thing is I just take myself out of it completely, leave it up to the, to the fisho to interview themselves. I guess it's more like a questionnaire that they're filling out just whilst talking. 
I've stuck the questions to the front fence. Um, the fisher that's agreed to do this uh, uh, unconventional interview technique, his name's Lockie Orange, and uh, as Lockie approaches the front fence, I'm going to back off several metres away and nice safe distance. G'day Lockie. Yeah, thanks for doing it, man. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, no, don't touch the questionnaire, just read it. All right, fire away. Okay, name, Lockie Orange. Next question, is Orange really your last name? Yes, it is. Really? Yes, unfortunately, that is my last name. Age, 36. Marital status, married. You did a fishing trip locally on the weekend with the kids and partner. Describe. Left Buff Creek and went for a bit of a look around. It was a little bit quiet at first, but we ended up having a bit of a dewfish jamboree on the turn. And um, we yeah, had, a, had a cracking day on the dewies. Good day to get out and get a break from all the other stuff that's going on and try and forget about all the, all the other things that are happening. Keep going, man. You're doing well. Next question. GPS mark. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> Sorry. Go on. I, I'd like to, but I like that spot. It's a questionnaire, mate. You've got to fill out all the bits. <laughs> all right. Next question. What did you get stuck into? So, uh, Jewies. Not much else, but Jewies. And lots of them. Not, not a huge bite window, but we run out of sinkers and tackle pretty quick, which is, which is good. Is there a question on there about how big they were? Not that I can see yet. All right. Ask yourself that question. Another question. How big are they? Um, so all probably around the 80s and 90s, so pr pretty similar size. Bait or jigs? So uh, all on the baits. Uh, didn't drop many jigs, it, tide was pushing pretty hard, so we, we stuck on the bait. It, it, was, it was a bit of a lucky trip, I suppose, because th th we weren't the only boat on the spot, and um, <laughs> there was one boat that wouldn't, wouldn't have been very far from us, but um, yeah, I think it was getting a bit disheartened because we were having a good session and, and they were still, uh, still just observing. So what structure were you dropping down on? So not, not too much structure at all, just, just a little bit of rubble, nothing, nothing sort of too serious, no, nothing major. Was the motivation to fish a virus-related freezer filler mission or just the best way to socially distance? Both. Fill the freezer and also, also socially distance as far as we possibly could. Keep going. You're halfway through, eh? Anything funny or disastrous happen? Reasonably uneventful trip, apart from maybe being a bit late back to Buff Creek and doing the think skinny when your sounder stops reading as you come across the bar. <laughs> Question again, is Orange really your last name? <laughs> yes, it is. Another note, you are an integral part of Darwin's home brewing scene. What have you put down lately? So I suppose in, in light of COVID, it's... Uh, Always a good time to stock up, so I put down 60 litres of beer on the weekend. 60 litres? Yeah, this should keep me going for a little while. Jeez. And put a, put a bit of a dent in my grain supplies. Uh, what did I put down? Uh, it was an IPA and a mango beer. So always good for the, for the top end. Needless to say, Lockie, you want to drop some of that round, you are most welcome. Carry on. Uh, how much grain do I have at my house? I don't know if I can disclose that without the wife listening to this, but let's say a few hundred kilos. I had a ton there recently, but not that much anymore. We're getting near the end. Another question. Orange, really your last name? <laughs> yes. 
really is his last name, Tim. Mm. That's all right. It's better than Violet or or Magenta, I guess. Lockie Magenta. Yeah, the live audio questionnaire. What, what do we think? Despite feeling like I was in a PlayStation video game, I reckon it's brilliant. How, but it does it does make us a little bit redundant, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm not sold on it myself, Tim. I think, think we've got to keep experimenting. Why don't we experiment with this? Oh. This is a. Why don't we just use this to interview people? For mullets. Sake. This is a. This is a responsible <laughs> interview technique for mullets' sake. And for anyone concerned about the proximity of Beard and the fishos there, we can tell you that at no time did he break his isolation or share a mic with Lockie or Hubble. Uh, in fact, in Hubble's case, his magpie goose pate breath was probably reason <laughs> yeah. enough for Beard to keep his distance too. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like a natural, you know, self-isolator. Did, did you just self-isolate, Tim? Did someone do a self-isolate? <laughs> boy. Get out of it, boy. Boy. Two and a half to three metres over the crossing. Lucky to be there at the right day. We can pull up. They're asleep now. No, no, it's a shark. It's the biggest deer in the world. <laughs> Touched it and poked its eye. Tales from the Tinny. Hey, Riley here from Nucky Lagoon. Went out Dundee last weekend with Kieran and my brother Connor. We're going to go smack some reefies in the morning and chase sails. And weather was amazing. Fishing was amazing, except for the billfish. You'd been out the week before chasing billies? Yes. We went out the week before for one little micro marlin and a lot of wet bums from crappy weather in the morning. So what, you, you headed out of Dundee? We were going to hit the, um, if the weather was good when we launched, we were going to hit the reefies first, just for a couple of hours. So we just cruised out till um, it's about 40 metre contour, found a bit of rubble on the bottom and sounder was just loaded. It was on. Wow. Yeah, jigs down, red, straight up. Nana guy, straight up, like triple hookups, double hookups. It was it was very good. I haven't done a lot of reef fishing like that. Take me to uh, say your best red. That is my best red. How big? Oh, I don't know how big he was. Eight kilo maybe. Yeah, the nanny was a little bit longer, so I'm guessing a little bit, little bit heavier, a different shape. But yeah, got smoked by a couple of monsters after that. Just getting drilled. Just yeah, could not stop them. <laughs> That's a good feeling. And then. We sort of moved off that school and we found some smaller ones. We got half a dozen of those. And then we were pulling goldies out of the school as well in 40 metres of water. So that was cool. Um, we were hoping for jacks, but um, goldies are acceptable. Kieran, who you were with, you know, he's obviously a dedicated billfish show too, uh, but not averse to, to getting into to, to the reefies. How did he go? Uh, he was taking photos for the first bit. <laughs> he. <laughs> He got snipped by a Mac on the first drop when me and my brother were on reds. So. Did you say you were just fishing with jigs? I had a gulp on, yeah. I just had a one and a half ounce uh, nitro, just a seven inch jerk jad. My brother had like a 60 gram butterfly jig and I can't remember what Kieran had. I think he had a soft plastic as well. Good esky full of reefies. Uh, so what happened on the billies? Uh, water's dirty and very hot and the bait was very sporadic. So 32 and a half degrees surface temp. You know, this time two years ago when we landed 13 for the day, it was 26 and a half. So, big difference. I think people are still finding some fish, but they're um, not very big numbers, I don't think, at the moment. Very scattered. Yeah, so we'd trolled for a while for billfish, and then we're like, ah, let's just get on the plane and see if we can find some pods. So we're just cruising. Out. We're in a witch's nose area by that stage. Um, there's a little bit more bait around there because the reef and that. And um, I just see these, like, couple of black things right on the horizon. I'm like, no, nah, I have to I have to go have a look. <laughs> Like, my brain's going to be smashed after this. I don't know what that is. You know, cruise over there. Like, don't see anything for a while. 
seen a little bit of bait on the sound, so we put the gear in, just having a troll around, and then you just see these four like fins come out of the water. You just knew straight away, you know, like the big one was like over 1,500 tall, just the fin alone. They were killer whales, they were legit orcas. There's a pod of four that we got up close to, and then a couple of miles to the north, it was another pod of at least six. Jeez, have you seen them off Dundee before? No. The only thing I've seen off of Dundee is humpbacks twice, and we had false killers two years ago. Wow. So then when we seen these ones, Kieran was legit convinced they were false killers. He's like, nah, there's no way there's killer whales up here. They're false killers. <laughs> I was like, you are flat out wrong. A false killer does not have a near six-foot dorsal fin. <laughs> you know? I reckon they sent the smallest one up because it just jumped straight in front of us and looked at us, and then we didn't see him again for a while. Like, it was like 15 metres in front of the boat. Just did a quick jump, had a look, disappeared. There have been reports of um, big bust-ups of pelagics um, from the other week. Did you see anything like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Once you find that, yeah, the whole way out, when we went out wide, we were driving past, like, footy field schools at tuna. But, like, there's no everything. All the bait was either right on the top or right on the bottom. There was none of that mid-column stuff that normally you look for, you know, like those cylinders of bait where you got billfish schooling them up. There was none of that. It's either right up high. Like, we check every school of tuna because we've got sailfish out of the schools of tuna before. So we check every school of tuna when we're looking for them. We look for fins going through. I don't know, it's just odd. It must be to do with the water temp. So you went reefies. Billfish was a no-go. You saw some killer whales. Was that it? That day over? No, nah, and then we found some reefies on the way home. Of course you did. We found the world's biggest little golden snapper at 70 centimetres. <laughs> <laughs> How colourful was the sound of this time, Riley? Uh, that was up to 10 metres of fish off the bottom. Oh. And they were just following us around in 20 metres of water. There would have been maybe a little 15 bronze whalers cruising around on top, like four footers, and just and then mid-water there was like metre plus queenies. <laughs> and they were like following the goldies up to the boat. Uh, it was hard to get through the queenies? No, it was. The, you could pull your goldie up to the side of the boat and the sharks were too scared to touch it because they were near on the same size. <laughs> so we, we didn't lose any fish there to, to the sharks and they were, the sharks were everywhere. Just too many goldies? Too many goldies. That's... Between like 40 centimetres and 70 centimetres. As soon as we bagged out there, we had to leave and that worked out pretty good timing anyway. Got home just before dark. Were you going to be taking part in the Top End Billfish Series inaugural comp? Yeah, we were. That's why we went out last weekend for a quick little pre-fish, you know. Yeah. And then we were hoping this weekend was going to be the one, but ah, COVID got in the way and dirty water and yeah. How are you navigating that, man? A lot of people are, it's starting to get to this point where some people are going like, yeah, no, you should go out there and get fish while you can and well, there's no meat in the uh, in the supermarkets and other people are saying, no, you should be locking yourself up and not going fishing. How, how are you navigating that going forward? Well, we were nearly going to call the trip. I was half thinking about calling it off. But um, like between going out with Kieran and my brother, like I see my brother every day for work and I've been with Kieran most days over the last, you know, two or three weeks. So we sort of thought, yeah, let's just go, but let's make it our last trip for a while, see what happens. Yeah. So it was nice to get some fillets to chuck in the chuck in the freezer because who knows what's going to happen on the food department, you know? We've seen some innovative uh, ways that people are trying to keep their skills sharp at whilst at home, uh, including launching boats in uh, swimming pools. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are you going to be keeping your skills sharp while off the I boat? need to go through all my gear. I haven't gone through my fishing gear for a while and... Need a little bit of a stock take, clean everything up, 
see what I need. Hopefully do some online orders and get everything ready so we can go back. Yeah. I make up some big wind-on leaders, you know, the heaviest stuff, two or 300 pound leaders and rig up all my pushes and that. Mainly just that sort of stuff. Or I'm like, you know, if we can still leave, I might go get Garfield still. I can always go down to East Point by myself and get some baits. Yeah. Oh, thanks for taking the time to tell it to the tinny and uh, good luck with uh, getting your gear back in shape. Yeah, yeah. That'll, be, um, that'll keep me busy for a while while I'm stuck at home. And while Beard's now tried yarns and questionnaires over his fence and millennial voice app swipey thingies, he's, um, he's also managed to find the telephone call with the most electrical interference possible. <laughs> <laughs> High standards of mediocrity here, as always, on... Tales from the Tinny. <laughs> Tales from the Tinny. Tell Dad not to bring such great toys home. Yeah, fickle. Yeah. Get a mullet up ya. Well, that's about it from us by the pool on the tinny this week. Thanks to all you mob who jumped in the tinny with us. Boy was a bit of a pest this week, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with his little self-isolations from under the table. <laughs> <laughs> or was that you, Tim? Boy, get out of it. <laughs> Thanks to David Garovolo. <laughs> the ever-prepared, ever-resilient Warren DeWith. Mm. Riley Farris, Aaron Riley, the best swimming pool boat launcher in Acacia Hills. Thanks also to young uh, Flynn Tetlow, Maddie Brown. Oh, and thanks also to Lockie, whose who's last name is definitely Orange. Last word this week goes to Glenn Hard Yards Hubble, who really sets the bar for food prepping in the top end with this. Magpie goose liver pate. About 14 kilos of it, which is really good to get us through these tough times when paddy might become a little scarce on the on woolly shelves at the moment. Until next week, get a goose paddy hoarding mullet right on up here. Tales from the Tinny. Now.